You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. minds as a person you can actually be divided just as a person you you can be thinking positive on one hand but on the other hand you're you're thinking negative so even though you are single individual you can have two minds when a person is divided uh, with others it's a state of disagreement disagreement is Failure to come into accord or unity with somebody. That's what disagreement is. And, and, and uh, as humans, we're going to disagree. And it's okay to disagree when it comes to certain things. It's okay to disagree. Um, we went to Belks. All of us. And so when we get there, some say, well, we need to just stay together. Even though it's a whole lot of us, we need to stay together. But then others say, no, we don't need to stay together. Too many of, of, of us stay together. And here you have a disagreement. And, and in a disagreement like that, uh, depending on who you're listening to, who you're listening to, you can agree with somebody and you can agree with, and somebody else can agree with the other person. But it, it's a di disagreement. But it's really not a disagreement nobody should get mad about. Or it's not a disagreement that would take you to hate. You're just disagreeing about whether you should stay together or uh, you should lead the men in the men department and the women go to the women department. But then e even at the church, you know, you done told uh, the women to pick out the color of the carpet that they want. Woo! Here we go. And so, the women meet, and they got all these samples of carpet. And so you got about 15 say, well, the, the red carpet looked good to me. But then you got 10 that say, red? No. Blue looked better. 
And so you have a disagreement. And uh, it's okay for you to disagree about the carpet. Because if, if y'all can't reach an agreement, I can just come in and say we're going to have such and such carpet. So there's no, and you might get mad if I say it, but I mean, you know, since y'all couldn't do it. The neutral pastor stepped in and said, this is what we're going to do. But again, it's, it's not a disagreement that can take nobody to hell. But when it comes to God's word that does not change, there are just certain things that, that we have to agree on. I said there are certain things that we just have to agree on. We have to agree on the truth that Jesus was beaten, crucified, died, and, and resurrected. We have to agree on that. And see, th this is important because what was going on in the text is that the disciples were divided because of the resurrection. Well, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They were divided. He, he rose and he, he told them, look, I need y'all to just meet me in Galilee. And uh, we see, according to the text, that, that they showed up. But Matthew clearly points out their mindset. Everybody worshiped, but some doubted. Some. So it was division. Some. It didn't just say Thomas because we know that uh, clearly Thomas had a problem with them telling him, telling him that Jesus had resurrected and, and, and said openly, that, look, if I can't touch him and if I can't see certain things, I, I'm just not going to believe. But here Matthew shows us that, that it was more than just Thomas that, that doubted. Some doubt it. Now, before I deal with the text, uh, I need to deal with what happens when a church or a house is divided. I need to deal with that, and then we're going to deal with the text. But keep in mind, when, when you are divided, it means that there are two minds, and sometimes it, it can be more than two minds that, that are working. And then it's disagreement, but it's, but it's disagreement about something that there should not be disagreement about. That's what I want you to focus on. All right? Now, let's consider Matthew 12 and 25 in reference to being divided. 
This is what Jesus said. And I want you to notice uh, how the verse starts off in uh, Matthew 12 and 25. Jesus knew their thoughts. And so based upon their thoughts, this is what he said to them. Because he knew their mindset was not in the place that it needed to be. But this is what he said. He said, every kingdom. How many kingdoms? Every kingdom. Even God's kingdom. Every kingdom divided against itself. It's brought to desolation. Desolation in one sense means ruin or failure. In another sense, it means unhappiness. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought. That means it's going to be a process. It, it won't happen immediately, but it's going to be a process. The bottom line, you can't stay divided and not end up unhappy. Are in ruin. Sooner or later, somebody going to be miserable. But he goes on. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. And notice again, it's a, it's a process. And you can look back in history and see uh, how different kingdoms and such eventually went into ruin and, and eventually failed simply because of, of division. Simply because of division. Some of us can look in our family history and we can say, well, you know, granny and granddaddy never could get on a card. And that's the reason they didn't last. We can look at companies and go back to their history. Same holds true. Some things we thought were going to always be, but if you look at the root, often you'll find that there was division. Just like we used to have a plant right beside here, DNL. Everybody thought DNL was going to be because it had always been. But some things happened and it. And it's no longer there. South Wine's still here, but everybody thought that, that South Wine would always be owned by the Richards. It was just going to be a family business, point blank. And, and, and just everybody just, just believed that. But all that changed. And when you look at businesses, houses, families, and so forth, again, one of the biggest 
causes of them coming into a state of unhappiness, ruin, or failure is because of being divided. And then uh, you, you'll be amazed that at churches that have been in Carroll County that are no longer here simply because of division. But this, this is also really sad. There are churches that are still standing, but the members in the church are unhappy because of division. They go to the church just out of tradition. But it's unhappiness in the church, but they ain't going nowhere. Listen now. He talked about two things that I, he, well, he really talks about four things, but notice he breaks it up into two parts. The first part he talks about if it's divided, you're going to see desolation. Right? Second, your going is not going to, to stand. It's not going to stand. And so you will have churches that may be still going on, but folk in it are miserable, unhappy. They talk about folk bad in their own church. And you're going to have that in, in probably every church or most churches, but but to the point to where uh, you have folk that know that such has been going on for, for decades. That's sad. And nobody dealing with it. Nobody trying to get it right. It's just this is the way it is. If you don't like it, you just don't like it. But this is the way it, the way it is. That's a sad state, isn't it? But it's... But it's real. Yeah, stuff like that is just real. You actually have folk that are so divided to where in their mind they're going to wait to see who die first. Well, they ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. We're just going we to wait it out and see who's going to die. And they'll wait to see who's going to die and, whoever, and the one that die lose out. I know that's, that's crazy, ain't it? And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But again, he says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to what? And every city, a house divided against itself will not. Now, the opposite of divided is unity. Unity. The very opposite. If you have unity, you ain't got to worry about desolation. You don't have to worry about failure. You're going to, to stand. Even though failure may come to the door, or desolation may come to the door, if you unify, desolation is not going to be able to do what it desires simply because you are one. You're one. 
you are one. And yeah, again, you're going to have disagreement, but you, but you ain't going to be disagreeing about what is essential or significant. Now, you, you, you're not going to disagree about that because you're trying to be God. Now, keep in mind, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to the church, right? Yeah. I mean, if God says do it, what we going to do? Do it. We ain't going to be in, in no disagreement about that. We just going to do it. And we ain't going to have no vote like some churches do. Yeah, we going to vote. Well, we want to vote and see who believe in tithing and who don't. We want to vote and see who, who think we ought to... Uh, Seek God for the Holy Spirit, or we all right the way we are. We're going to vote for it. No, we ain't going to do that. We, we can't do that because if, if we do that, we still, even if we, even if we agree that tithing is right because we voted, we, we wrong. Certain things, it don't matter what you vote, what you think. If it's, if it's God, it's so and is settled. His word is what? Settled. It's settled in the heavens and is settled on earth. Yeah, we, we just, and, and I'm going to tell you something. You have uh, organizations that, that they have conferences to vote on certain things. How many believe that we should allow homosexuals to? Enter into ministry. That's what churches are meeting about right now. They discuss it. And then they put it to a vote. We ain't voting on stuff like that. We, we, if, if, if it's clear in scripture. It ain't going to be no vote. And that ain't because I'm, I'm the pastor. That's because of him. Of him. If I say it ain't going to be no vote because I'm trying to be a dictator, I'm wrong. I'm saying it's not because of the word. The word has to be first. I said the word has to be first. How many understand it? All right, so let's consider a blessing of being uh, united. Let's go to Psalm 133. Y'all stay with me now. Just want to read verse 1 in Psalm 133. David said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalm 133 and 1. Again, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? It's a good thing. It's beneficial. It's pleasant. You're pleased when, when you are on the same page. When we believe that it's a season where we need to have the mind of Christ and everybody just really trying to have that. It's a good spirit in the house. 
It's a wonderful spirit in the house when, when, you, are, when you are united. Y'all all right? You believe the verse? Help me read it on one. One read. Behold. So it's a good thing, right? And, and sometime in order to get to unity, we may disagree. I said sometime in order to get to unity, we may dis disagree. But if you're truly Christian, you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Because he's going to guide you into what? All truth. All truth. So even though you may have an opinion, you're, you're going to let your opinion go. Because you have an opinion mean that, that it's personal. And when it comes to God's word, we want you to have a personal relationship with him. But we also want you to understand your opinion does not matter when it comes to certain things. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. That's scripture. That's Bible. God has to be one. And God's order has to be one. We have to follow the Holy Spirit. And then you have to discern that the pastor is following Jesus. Right? And then you follow the pastor. Is that order? Yeah. That's 1 Corinthians what? 11 and 1. And, and uh, if you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to know if preachers doing the right thing if you listen to the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, you ain't got to the text yet. I know. I, got, I, I really need you to understand the difference between being divided and united, especially from two standpoints. Theological, God, ecclesiastical, the church. You got to understand it. You got to understand that, that we have to be united when it comes to his will. And we have to be united when it comes to his, his church. And understand something. that It's one church, universal. But God allows local churches to get on one accord in order for the one church to come together when all is said and done as his bride. That's scripture. But even in, even in scripture, we see local churches striving to do what, what they were taught that was based upon the scripture. And uh, the emphasis being on you got to be on one page, one accord. Goes back to what Amos asked that some folks consider 
rhetorical, but it's, but it's a, a good question. Can two walk together except they be in agreement or agree? When it comes to God's word, we, we have to be in agreement. Have to be in agreement. Amen? And so, you have in Matthew 28, 11 disciples that have, that have been given a word that Jesus wants to meet them in Galilee. And so we want, we want to break the scripture down because we, we need to see uh, what they were on a call about and, and then how the vision just came in. Now, they were on a card when, when it came to their obedience. Jesus said, look, I want to meet y'all in Galilee, and this is the place I want to meet y'all. And they didn't do like the 12th the 12 one that was, was not there, Judas. They didn't show up with soldiers ready to kill Jesus. They, just, they, they were obedient, and so they met him exactly what he told them to be. So that's a good thing. I said that's a good thing. Second thing that they were united in is that they worship. All of them worship. All 11 worship. And um, the Greek word for worship prosuke It doesn't just have one meaning. Worship can be simply they prayed. They could have got there and said, look, let's, let's pray. So all of them pray. Then worship in another sense means worship. It means worship. I mean, well, worship in another sense means uh, reverence. They honored Jesus. Lord, good to see you. Lord, thank you. Or whatever they had to say to Jesus. So I'm giving you real simple definitions of worship. But again, worship can be something simple. But, but, and it's the same Greek word, so in order to really understand worship, you, you have to look at it as not just being on one stage. You may start out as a worshiper just uh, saying, thank you, Jesus, or just saying, man, I know God is real. That, that may be the level you start on, but, but there comes a time in reference to worship as you mature that you have to be the person that Jesus talked about in John 4. You have to be that person. 
And uh, again, I, I gave you simple definitions of, of worship. But this is, this is the ultimate goal of a Christian when it comes to worship. Go with me to John 4. John the 4th chapter. Y'all okay? Yeah, are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Okay. Okay, John 4. And verse 23 is what I want to read. And 20, 24, verses 23 and 24. John 4, 23 and 24. You ready? Jesus said, but the hour is coming and now is when the what? See, you can worship God, but you not be committed to him. I know you don't heard them little pretty songs. Everybody can praise him, but everybody can't worship him. Yeah, you can worship him as a sinner. How you get saved? You worship him and ask him to forgive you and to save you. But, but again, you have to understand when it comes to worship, it's different stages. But here Jesus points out worship when it comes to somebody true and somebody who God is looking for. So this is a high level of worship. A different stage of worship. Everybody understand me? So, again, uh, John 4 and 23. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in what? And what? Why? For the Father is seeking such to worship who? There'll come a time to where your worship is based upon what your God wants. And here what your God wants is for you to worship him in what? Spirit. Spirit in the text means to be God conscious. That's one meaning of spirit in the text to be God conscious. And see, God, you, you can be here worshiping, but, but then God can speak to you and say, look, I want you to run for me for your healing. I want you to leap for your healing. If you want me to move for your daughter, I want you to do such and such. But this is a different level of worship. You understand what I'm saying? When you were a sinner, you fell down and asked God to save you, you were worshiping him. That's what you wanted. But again, there'll come a time to where you will worship the way God wants you to, you to worship. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Now, he was talking to a woman, but it was also prophetic. Verse 24, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and what? True. 
Because you know, some folk, when, when, when they worship, uh, is not real. When they say, thank you, Jesus, they don't mean it. Or when they say, Lord, I know you're going to heal them. It's not sincere. Sometimes people get caught up in the moment and start doing what they see others do. And that's the only reason they're doing it. They just get caught up in the moment. And don't act like that. Some of us have, have, have been there. Just like, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It was a time to where uh, folk would just fall out. And some would be genuine. I reckon, I, now I never did fall out like that. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. But I could tell, we, we went somewhere one time, and uh, this, this young man, uh, I knew he had been watching TV, or he had seen folk do it. And we, we was here, we, we was up there, and so he, I was asking folks if they wanted to pray. They wanted prayer. And uh, so he came to the altar. I'm talking about I was walking toward him, and I was getting ready to just lay my hands on him. And he told that floor, he just fell back. And I said, oh, God, I hope that boy didn't bust his head and uh, he said man that was powerful and I was just like brother I got the Holy Ghost you just you just fell back because you've been watching TV or for some reason or another you just felt like you needed to do that and I know he was hurting me he tried to play it off he he got up and just tried to play it off. He said, oh, God. Whew, that was, I, I was just like, man, I didn't even touch you. I was coming to you to pray for you, but I, I didn't even touch you. Matter of fact, when he fell out, I got down there and prayed that he was all right. <laughs> and whatever he needed, God would do it for him. But he was caught up in what was happening at the time. Yeah. And you have that folk will hear somebody else speaking in tongues, and then all of a sudden they'll start a tongue. They see them shaking, they'll start shaking because they'll get caught up. And see, that's the reason the scripture tells us that, that God is seeking. He's looking for somebody that's gonna be that's gonna be true. Because there, there are certain things that, that God would tell you to do as a worshiper that would be challenging. He showed us that through what, what he told uh, Abraham to do. Abraham. Take now your son. And then look how he identified him. Your only son. At the time, he had two sons. Why did he do that? Simply because he had a son out of the flesh or that was not according to God's will and a son that was according to the will of God. Take now your son. Your only son. 
And so he, he went to sacrifice, which sacrifice is, is worship. Giving is worship. First time I ever gave uh, $25,000. First time. I done did it. I don't know how many times now, but the first time I ever did it, God said, I want you to give $25,000. I ain't never gave no money like that. And I, I, I had to sit there for a minute. Because it wasn't just wave your hand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't God telling me to wave my hand and just worship. He, it wasn't that. Just, do y'all understand? Giving is worship. And there are some folk that God would challenge to give a certain amount. They won't do it. They won't do it. Even though they have it, they won't do it. The first time he told me to do it, I had $200 above what he was telling me to give. That's all I had. $25,200, if y'all are trying to do the math. That's what I had. <laughs> but I know it was, I, I, I knew it was him telling me to do it. And so sometimes worship is not going to be it's not going to be easy. It's going it's to require you to, to, to sacrifice. Because sacrifice, even though some folks try to, try to separate sacrifice from worship, sac sacrifice and when it's connected to God is worship. And that's the reason he, he, has, to, he has to seek folk. It's going to worship him in what? Spirit and what? Truth. Got to be God conscious. Ain't going to do it the way he tells them to do it. I want you to go such and such, and I want you to tell this woman to give you such and such. And sometimes you tell somebody that God said, and they won't believe you. Remember when he told Eli Elijah, look, there's a woman in Zarephath that's going to take care of you. And when he got there, you know, the woman wasn't willing to do that. She, she was thinking about dying. She wasn't thinking about taking care of nobody because in her mind said she couldn't take care of herself. Couldn't even take care of her child because she said, look, me and my child, we've been to eat and die. What was her mind said? I can't take care of me and my child. Here you talking about I'm supposed to be taking care of you. God was requiring of her to worship and requiring of the prophet to worship. And so you got, again, you got to understand that worship is, is, is different, different levels. How many understand that? So you can be a sinner in worship, but once you get into God and mature, you go to a different level of worship. But Back to Matthew 28 and 17. Two things that they were united in. They were obedient and going where Jesus told, told them to go. And they were obedient when it came to just worship. And, and again, based upon the text, it was just simple worship. Because there's no way they could, be, they could have been on a high level of worship 
and some were doubting. Here comes the vision. Together in two areas, but divided in one. Some doubted. Some doubted. Doubted something significant. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Sitting there looking at him, but still doubt. Being opinionated even though they they looking at him. When you doubt, you, you waver. And according to James 1, 6 through 8, in part, uh, when you waver or doubt, you are unstable in all your ways. You're unpredictable. You're uncertain. And then James said, and this person will not receive anything from the Lord. And so here you got folk that, are, that have been set apart to lead God's church. But, it, but if God give them authority at that moment to lead his church, they're going to mess it up. At least some of them going to mess it up simply because they, they are down. They are down him. How you going to tell folk about Jesus and you doubt How you going to tell Jesus, tell folk that Jesus saved because Jesus' name means what? Saved, but you doubt your salvation. Not just your salvation when it, when it comes to uh, you being born again for the first time, but your salvation in reference to your healing. How you going to tell folk Jesus a heal? But, but you're questioning whether or not he going to heal you. And you're a minister. You're a leader. See, I'm talking to everybody, but I'm especially talking to folk that are mature. How you going to tell God he'll, he How you going to tell folk God will bless you financially when, when God been telling you to give a certain amount and you're yet to do it because you doubt you got an opinion man if I get at wonder see you, you, you got an opinion God untold you but now you trying to figure out if you do it what's going You're dealing with the doubters right now. Everybody worshiping, but then he, he, he just, that, temp, that text is so simple. Some doubt. 
you'll be amazed when, when, when I be up here, especially on the revival or something, and I ask for certain offerings, and I look at folk who just been, just been hallelujah all day, and then I ask for a certain, it just be like. <laughs> and sometimes God be telling you, you got to tell folk, don't feel intimidated. Because what you have to give, you just have to give. But, but when you're looking a certain way, it's something else going on. You got to be happy with whatever God has blessed you to be able to give, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, or fifteen. But when you sitting there knowing that what God asked, you got it, but you say, oh God, if I get it, I ain't going to have but three dollars left. You got to be so conscious and sure of God to where if God tells you to do something, it don't matter what you're going to have left. He's going to make sure because of your obedience that he's going to bless you. But he couldn't have these, these 11 lead the church. And some of them would doubt. It's one thing to bow doubt. But it's another thing to allow doubt to control you. I battle doubt. I ain't going to tell you no lie. I battle it. But I don't let it control me. I, I may battle doubt up, up until I get to the altar and, and put, the, put it down here. Doubt may keep telling me, you know you ain't going to have nothing. You, you got to pay such and such. I'm a, I may battle it. It may fight me until I get to the altar. But it's not going to control me. It's not going to control me. You can't allow doubt to control you. Because, because the enemy will use several folks to try to put doubt in you. I, I'm, I, I'm just trying to wonder how in the world did they see Jesus and still doubt it. And I, I don't have time to really go to the scripture and show you what, what I believe, but, uh, but I'm just going to deal, I'm just going to throw some things at you that are based upon scripture, but, but I'm not going to go to the scripture, all right? Understand this. The Pharisees and other folks who were opposed to Jesus were saying certain things at this particular time. You had, you had some folks saying he didn't really die. He didn't, he, it didn't really happen. You had other folks saying that, you know what? They thought he was dead. And so they took him down from the cross too soon. He wasn't dead. So they made sure he got better. And then he got up. And see, all of this stuff being said, and in order for them to show up and see Jesus, they had to be Listening to some, to some of the stuff that was being said in order to show up and be looking at Jesus and still doubt. And see, reason I know you understand it is because we done did some of the same, some of the same stuff. Folk have actually told you that 
your friend or somebody you know did such and such. And they were so convincing to well, even before you talked to your friend, you were already believed. Watch this. Now, don't y'all lie. We in church. How many have ever been there? Just be honest tonight. Somebody can tell you something. It sounds so convincing. You done already reached a verdict before you even talk to the person. Let me see them hands one more time. I don't, I don't want you to lie. I believe that's what was going on in the text. How they going to see him and say, well, you know, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't go as far as Thomas, or at least we don't see it in the text. We don't, we don't see it uh, in Scripture. It just says some doubt. It didn't say two. So I'm trying to wonder, was it seven of them that doubted and four that didn't? Or was it ten of them and one that did? He, didn't, he just said some. Some is more than two. Some in our day and time is more than three because we, we say, when we say a few, we're talking about three most of the time. I'm just wondering if it, if, if it was at least four or more. You got to be careful of who you listen to because some folks are so convincing to where they can put doubt in you. You're holding on about your healing, <laughs> your productivity. You, you respect folk, but you don't, you don't let folk rob you of what God done told you. You don't doubt what God done told you. I don't care how many storms you go through, you, don't, you, you hold on to what God told you, whether he told you directly or indirectly. If God gave you a vision, you saw yourself healed, you saw yourself doing what the doctor said you couldn't do. When you, if, you, if you see that vision on a Sunday night, you got a doctor's appointment that Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. Don't you allow the nurse, the doctor, the, or whoever to rob what God gave you a vision of. People will try to plant doubt in you. And some people are very good at being convincing, even though they're lying. Even though it's their opinion. Even though they're going by what a machine is telling them. Can a machine be right? Yeah, but it can also be wrong. Same machine that can be right can also be wrong. James said it a different way when it comes to folk. He said, out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. But he was talking to the church and he told the church, this ought not to be so. But the only one who's going to tell you the truth and nothing but the truth is Jesus. 
So when you know God dropped in you as well, you don't allow a professional or a simple person to take from you what God told you. God has the final say. God alpha and omega all day long. God the beginning and the ending all day long. Why am I stressing this? Because doubt is the one thing that can cause you not to receive your blessing. Again, James 1, 6 through 8 in part, when you waver or doubt, you ain't going to get anything from the Lord. I don't care if that thing keep telling you that, look, you, ain't, it ain't, you, keep, you just keep fighting. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am going to get it. I don't care if it's your best friend that always tell you the truth. I hear what you're saying, but I know what God told me. I don't care if it's your spouse. I hear what you're saying, boo, but. Lord have mercy. I got to hurry. Woo. Y'all all right? Yes. That was some that was certain. And sometimes you're going to be amongst folk in your own church that doubt. This is a portrait of the church. You're going to have to allow your faith to rub off on some of your brothers and sisters. Because eventually... Every one of these disciples that was set aside to be apostles dropped the doubt. We got to be helpers one to another. You know that somebody battling with doubt, you got to preach to them. You got to tell them, sister, I know the enemy been coming, but God going to do exactly for you what he told you he was going to do. I know what you've been going through, and I know that was your rhema. So you hold on to what God told you. We got to encourage one another. I don't, again, we don't know who was down, but when, when you understand historically and biblically, when it comes to these 11, these folk. Drop that doubt. Even though they were down here, it didn't last. They eventually, they eventually became genuine apostles and started doing apostolic work. I said they started doing apostolic work. We don't hear all about some of them in, in, in Scripture as much as we do about others, but all of them eventually became apostles. It's just like some of us, include myself, you can look back in your past where, yeah, you doubt it. But you are not that person now. If I'm telling the truth, look at somebody and say, I used to be that doubter. <laughs> just like the, the ones in the text. But I'm no longer that person.
If you just got saved, you you are probably in one sense on down street. But don't worry about that. You're going to grow. But if you've been saved 11 years and you still doubt, you need to recommit yourself to God. Uh, you need to adhere to what I'm talking about tonight. You got to fight doubt. You can't keep letting that doubt push you around like you're a punk. Ooh, I might be finna make somebody mad, but just look at somebody and say, you can't keep letting doubt push you around like you're a punk unless you are Lord have mercy. How many understand? I'm going to stop right there. Let's get a Lord a hand of praise.